Welcome to the Living Boldly Podcast. This is Anel, your host. Join me once a month as I interview a phenomenal woman from the I Am Bold, I Rise campaign, where she will be sharing her story of overcoming adversity and giving you tips on how to live your life boldly. Thank you for joining our Living Boldly podcast. This month's feature on the I Am Bold, I Rise campaign is B. Guerra. B loves talking about sex, but not in a way most people would imagine. While the topic of sex can be fun, uncomfortable, or anything in between for most, B offers a fact-based, neutral, and fresh way of looking at how our mindset around sex is interwoven into every aspect of our lives as a sexual empowerment coach. After experiencing emotional and sexual trauma, and along with the knowledge she acquired about groups and the conditionings of our society via her Bachelor of Arts degree in sociology, it made her question and challenge what she learned and did not learn about sex to get the truth about what this natural force that human beings engage in is really all about. Fun facts about B. She is a Libra, loves visiting cemeteries, a retired vegetarian, world traveler, and is an HSV activist bringing awareness and education to the topic of sexual health. Let's welcome B. Guerra. Hello, hello. This episode, we have B. Guerra on who, as you heard, is a sexual empowerment coach. I met this dynamic woman at an event. And if y'all, obviously you can't see her, but she has a bald head, a shaved head. And I think that is so freaking bold. Like that takes so much courage. I know like for me, I've never gone that radical. I've always had short, short hair, but it's never been that much. So I definitely give you huge props because you rock it, girl. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, so thank you also for being on here. You know, so th- this month, um, obviously, every month we talk about, like, what bold means, what living boldly means. Like, how do these women go from traumatic experiences to living boldly. And I know you have such a powerful story that I'm excited to share. Um, But let's start off with telling the audience what bold means to you. Hmm. Bold. I love that word. Um, Let's see. Bold means to dare to live a vulnerable life. That's what it, that's what it uh, means to me. I think like growing up the word bold meant like you were like out there and it was something that it was something that you were kind of shamed for you know people were like oh wow that person's bold it was like considered yes but I think now you know I'm I'm 32 years old I've evolved to live boldly is the way to live life like I want to be able to be on my deathbed and be like dang I lived my life that's a good way to go (laughs) you know when you just you're just an open book and it's hard because we live in a world where we're not we're so suppressed we're not mm-hmm. allowed to live boldly even if like yeah. it's like a subconscious belief that a lot of us um have accepted as as true as 
the, the way to live life. I know I have. Um, so for me, it's been a, a journey. Like I have to intentionally be bold because I have a lot of fear, but I think mm -hmm. fear is something that is always going to be there no matter what um, we go through in life, but it's acting in spite of it, you know, so you can be yes. bold and feel fear at the same time. So absolutely I'm on a tangent there. So hope that's a <laughs> no, 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 that that's perfect. And I love that you say, um, you know, the fear is always going to be there. Like right. fear is part of human nature. Like fear was, you know, was given to us to protect us. Right. Because, right. um, real fear is, is, is scary. Right. Like it, it's, it's, you know, if we're in danger and we, we get that sense, then, you know, it's, it's important to learn to listen to our intuition. But a lot of the fear that we experience is a lie and it's made up and it's stories that we tell ourselves. So, yeah, I love that you say that you, you, you do it being scared, but you do it anyway. Like you do exactly. it in spite of it. Um, and I love, love that you said you live intentionally bold like you're intentionally bold so tell us more about that like what is it that you do to help you cultivate being intentionally bold because obviously it's a practice it's not something that you um just did overnight right it's like right. something that you learned yeah i it's definitely for me it's not like instinctive like for me to be bold it's something i grew up very um i grew up like very religious so i I would inter I feel like I internalized a lot of fear and I had a lot of repression because there were certain I felt limited because there was only certain things that I can do and I couldn't do other things because it was considered wrong it was considered a sin so you have for me I had this programming that I couldn't I had to live with the, the confinements of being a certain way even if I didn't if I wanted to do something outside of that belief system and it was always a fear of what other people were going to think of me so yeah. prime example actually shaving my head is uh, uh i always call it a, it's a physical representation of my mindset because it it was a very bold for me to shave my head because my mm -hmm. entire life i've been conditioned to believe that long hair was a, a, a sign of a woman's beauty right it's very feminine yeah. to be bald is like you know, do you, do you it's manly. It's yeah. very manly. Yes, <laughs> very manly. So it's like masculine. But for me, it, my thought process was like, well, I'm, I want to challenge that kind of thinking. Like, really, is is hair a sign of beauty? Is that a construct? Is that something that I learned in society, or was I naturally yeah. born to believe that hair is is beautiful? You know, it, it, and for me, yeah. I started to challenge that because those are things that, to me, I call it programming. We've been programmed. Mm -hmm. And um, I lost my train of thought. I know. <laughs> We've been programmed. You're fine. Um, your question was uh, my qu my question was how are how do you intentionally live bold? And you're yes. saying that Shame. part of yeah. yeah. So part of you being intentionally bold yeah. was shaving your hair because. In shaving your hair, you're challenging the norms. You're challenging exactly. the this idea that society has, right? Because society always wants to put us in a box. People love putting us in a box. And I could so relate to that because 
all the time that I've had my hair short, because I've, you know, I, I always have my hair short and I do all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, I've had an undercut, you know, I've had a pixie cut, you know, mm -hmm. I've had like, you know, where I get like designs on my hair. And a lot of the times I get like, you know, are you lesbian? You know, yeah. like, why do you have, why do you have your hair short like right. why do you always cut your hair why are you always having like dyeing your hair and it's like because I freaking want to <laughs> like, yeah. because yeah. it's hair because it'll grow back because that's how I'm feeling like and I get tired of having to ex like why do I have to explain myself like this is my hair it's my body like why why are you so worried about how I have my hair right Right. So, so yes. for me, the, that's, that's one example of living boldly. And I think another one is just in general, just talking about sex mm -hmm. <laughs> and which leads yeah. into my creation of Tinder Lotus and selling my sex toys. Like I've had conversations with people, men and women that immediately, like when I, when I tell them the work that I do, they immediately assume that I'm like into like uh, freaky sex or, yeah 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 like I'm like <laughs> in the kink world I mean I visited the kink world but that's not it's not really my flavor of, of it's, that's not really my lifestyle but I don't I mean I don't judge it but immediately people want to put me in the box and be like as soon as they talk about sex oh she's you know she's down to have sex with anybody or it's like no it's just a human conversation and that's what I mean about being intentionally bold like I have those conversations because I think it's important to shatter that that programming that so many of us have over sex. Mm -hmm. Prime example, like uh, yesterday, I ha I was with a with friend. We were kind of practicing socially distancing. I'll admit, but we, we got a little <laughs> it's close. okay. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I shared with you before. Like I'm also an activist for herpes. I'm a herpes activist. Yes. And I share my story of having contracted herpes when I was 18. And so pretty much my activism is sharing and talking mm -hmm. about herpes. Prime example, I was hanging out with some friends and they said a herpes joke. And of course, I, I kind of felt it coming because I'm like, it's, it's old news to hear that over and over again. But mm -hmm. what I do now, before I used to just stay quiet when I didn't talk about it. But now what I do is I, I'm like, yeah, 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 you're right. Ha, ha, ha. Guess what? I have herpes. And then I, and I go off on the, on the, maybe on the tangent about, the <laughs> about it. And that's my way of shattering the stigma because it's something that, People don't want to talk about, but it's so important. And that allows me to be intentionally bold. It's like, I yeah. have a powerful reason why I do what I do. So, I, and I, I'm well aware that I'm doing it for a purpose. So I'm going to do it. I don't know if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Like I'm yeah, not just doing I, it just for attention or no, I'm doing it because I'm, I'm making an impact in, in a, in a positive way. I'm, I'm changing um, the mindset and that's my way of contributing. To the world yeah so that's why I, um, yeah. do what i do yeah that's huge you're using your voice exactly exactly and i own my yeah. story for a long time i didn't own my story i i had a lot of shame i had low self-esteem i didn't have uh i didn't feel worthy i didn't have mm -hmm. uh, self-worth but when you start to for me when i started to look at my life and i'm like wait a minute like my story is my story, but at the same time, there's so many people that can relate. And I feel mm -hmm. like it's my duty to share my story to make a difference because these are things that people don't talk about and yet it's needed, you know, yeah. regardless of what society says, regardless of how uncomfortable those conversations can get, how uncomfortable people can feel like it's important to talk about this stuff because this is the Absolutely. stuff that, that r runs our life. 
Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in like the things we don't talk about, the secrets we have are the things that they consume our mind. So when you put it out there, you put it to light, it just takes, it just shifts. It shifts your world. It shifts how you, how it shifted, how I felt about myself, how I saw other people. It allowed me to connect with people. Yeah. And, and I think one of the biggest things that I say, it's like, because I am also like a big advocate you know, on, on having uncomfortable uh, conversations. And I feel that, you know, a lot of people don't understand, which is okay. Um, But I feel because I do have a very crazy story, like, you know, and and I still haven't even shared all my story, you know, because that's going to be in a book. Um, But when I do share my story, it's like, I don't care. I'm not ashamed because I no longer allow that to have power over my life. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, if we don't talk about it, you know, then people, when they see you, it's like, oh yeah, but I bet you don't know this about her. It's like, actually I have talked about that and I'm not ashamed. So, exactly. you know, like what, what can you say? You know, it's like, yeah, I talk about all the ugly, the dark, yeah, because that's who I used to be, hmm. you know? And, and, and yeah, like I may not be proud of it, but I've learned from it. I've grown from it and I've healed from it. Most importantly. Right. And right, so interesting, like when we start to share our stories, like I've gotten a lot of people to start opening up to me yes, about their yes. dark shit. And it's just, it's amazing. It's so it's powerful that we effect. connect. Yes, yes. Like, we're all thinking it. We're just people are too scared to talk about it. So when we start talking about it, it's just like a relief, a relief for others and they yeah. start connecting too. So it's just, it's amazing how it's just like really owning our story really connects us with one another. Yeah, and that's exactly what the I Am Bold, I Rise campaign is. It's, it's, that's how it started, right? It was from mm-hmm. me sharing my story in this, in this uh, circle. And after I shared my story, like th- three other women like shared their story. And it was so powerful. That's where I understood like the power of sharing your story. Like that is so powerful because it almost allows women, it almost gives women permission to, to first to feel like, well, damn, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. I'm not crazy. Right. And then it's like, okay, gives them a safe platform to share their story. So mm-hmm. we're talking about stories. Tell us your story. <laughs> Let's hear your story because your story is so powerful that women need to hear about it. Men need to hear about it. Yeah. Oh, girl. I mean, I have, yeah, like you, I have so many things to share. We can go on and on. It'll, it'll, it's, yeah, we could talk about hours, days, weeks about it. Um, well, my story, like, I mean, I have, obviously, we all have different aspects of life, but my biggest story that I share is around sex and sexuality. Um, and I'm a big believer in the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. Yes. So it's like my whole... The reason why I've become so passionate to talking about sex and sexuality um, is because I feel like sex was one of the aspects of my life that I felt very um, repressed in and suppressed. Um, and I've had traumatic experiences around it, like remembering as a child being molested um, by someone I didn't know. All I know, it was a man. And to this day, I still don't know who it was, but I got to live with that. And I got to deal with that for the rest of my life. Um, You know, to being, to having contracted herpes, um, to 
having had an abortion when I was 19, um, mm. having being stalked by an ex-boyfriend, like all these things around sex were so traumatic for me um, that it completely shifted my outlook on life. Oh, and I didn't mention one of the biggest things was when I was 17, I had a boyfriend who was murdered. Um, and wow. he was murdered by someone that he knew. But along with that, he was also raped um, by this individual. So that on top of my uh. own traumatic sexually traumatic experiences, his experience as well, um, completely mm -hmm. shifted my thinking around sex and around men, men and sexuality. Um, so that's why I'm so passionate about talking about sex, because all these experiences have allowed me to challenge what I have been taught to believe about who I am, um, and about life and about God and about just sex in general. Um, so that part of my story is why I'm so open and talking about it. And I used to be scared to talk about this stuff because I'm like, oh my God, people are going to talk about me. You know, abortion is like this whole political thing. People are for it. People are against it. But I'm like, you know what? This is, this is my life. And these are the things that happened to me. And um, it's not necessarily not even happened to me. These are the things that I experienced. And I want to mm -hmm. share my story because I'm not alone. And I'm at a point in my life where, I, I'm more concerned with how I feel about myself than how others feel about me. You know, most of my life, I always felt I was concerned about how people felt about me. But now I'm like, I care more about what I think about myself, how I'm able to sleep at the end of the day at night than what you think of me. And this is my story and I own it, you know, take it or leave it. You want to judge me, go for it. But yeah, there's a power in me sharing it doesn't matter if yeah. it's political. It doesn't matter if it's, there's a stigma, there's a taboo. I'm past that. So yeah. that's why I share it. And I mean, I have, there's a lot more to my story, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, for the sake of, you know, our talk, it's when it comes to sex, like those are the things that I, um, I share about and I'm very open. Um, I made videos. I have a YouTube channel as well under Tinder Lotus where I share about these experiences and my perspective, my state of mind at the time, because a lot of these things happened when I was a teenager. So my mindset, okay. if I was like 14, 15 years ago, my mindset has evolved so much. And, yeah. you know, I don't have kids, but I always tell myself, like, if I ever have a daughter, even a son, like, I, I want to make sure that my child doesn't have that same shame and doesn't feel stigmatized around, I mean, around life in general, but particularly around sex, because I want to be able to share my story with them so that they are able, whatever they go through in life, they're able to process it better. And um, they won't have shame around it. They'll be able to live life powerfully, not having shame around sex and just respecting it for what it is. It's just a part of being human, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think when, when you attach shame to a lot of things, uh, this is why, Shame and guilt is why a lot of things, you know, stay hidden, why, why they stay in the dark. And I feel that when you shame people, right, to, to not be um, as sexually vocal or where you, where you shame them for having, like, many sexual partners, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, 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 and with restrictions of, of you know, of, of just sex. Mm -hmm. Right. Because this is a, a very touchy topic for, for mm -hmm. a lot of people. Um, and for me, I used sex 
like I cheated my entire last marriage. Like I, I used sex to fulfill a big void that, that I had. And I feel that because, um, I didn't talk about it because I didn't understand like what sex was. I didn't understand that it was okay, you know, to, to enjoy it. I didn't understand that, you know, like what it really meant, you know, for me to share, you know, this sacred space, like with someone else to give someone that energy, right? Like how I view sex now, it's like, for me, at least it's like very intimate. It's very, um, exclusive. Like, you know, I don't want to just be sharing like my, my energy with anybody. And Mm -hmm. had I known this sooner, had I talked about this sooner, maybe Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have slept with all these damn guys I slept with (laughs) because it's definitely not something that, uh, I would have wanted to share, like share your energy with all these men. And that energy stays with you Mm -hmm. like forever. Right. Like Mm -hmm. as I, you know, became educated on that, like, I view it different. And that's why for me, like I, I became celibate for a little bit. And I was like, I've been using sex to avoid feeling, to avoid healing, you know, like, let me just be with me and let me just know who I am. Let me just learn to love me and accept me without having to feel this validation, which sex doesn't do. Like sex doesn't (laughs) validate you. Like, you know, sex doesn't, it, 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 it's there's just so much that needs to be taught on sex still you know and not enough people are having these uncomfortable conversations yeah I think it's interesting um I was having a conversation today with my friend about that like I know for me like I'm I can totally relate to what you're saying I I would and I think a lot of women I'm sure men do too but it's mostly I feel like women we've been programmed to believe that sex equals love like if we give our body to someone you know it's just going to be this magical thing and it's going to be romantic and it's going to be you know we're we're making love and we're going to be happily ever after and I think that's not the case (laughs) exactly exactly but I know like when I young when I was younger like I totally had that mindset so I would get into these relationships or have sex with these guys thinking that it was going to lead to something serious when a lot of times it it didn't it didn't. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to fill that void too of loneliness, of longing, because I felt incomplete. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used I used sex as a way to fill that void. And then it yeah, it didn't heal. I mean, for the moment, I felt fine. But after, if yeah. it just it, you feel the loneliness even more. Yeah, you feel more empty. Exactly, exactly. Because it's like yes. it hits you. It's that realization, like, oh shit, is this really didn't make a difference. <laughs> Yeah, and I and I feel like that mentality um, of like sex equals love. It's hurt me more um, in my relationships um, with with men than than seeing sex for what it is. And it's like it is um, like you said, it's something that can be very intimate. But I also think it's important to look at sex for what it is, and it's and it's it's an activity that human beings do. And animals do. And, and it's really, it's really that simple, but we want to complicate it. We want to add all this fluff of romance, of love um, on top of it. And I think that is where the problem lies. I know for mm-hmm. me, because I haven't been taught to see sex for what it is. So I haven't been able to give it the respect that it, it deserves. And it's a force. Mm. It's a physical force that we all have 
as human beings. And, but this whole idea that I had about, oh, it's love. And, and you know, if I have sex with him, he's going to see how amazing it is. And he's going to love me and this and that. Bless you. For me, that has hurt me. And I've had sex with guys, you know, casually. And I end up catching feelings for them. I don't know if that's happened to you too. That's happened to me a few times. And I'm just like, yes, of course. You know, I I don't know. There's, there's women, there's men that can do it with no strings attached. I mean, that a more power to you. That's your thing. As long as you are doing it intentionally, no, you know, there's no judgment there you're, you're, you're doing your thing. And Hey, that's let it be. I think sexual empowerment has nothing to do with the number of partners we have. It's about the quality versus the quantity <laughs> of our partners. Um, yeah. So I think um, I lost my train of thought again. <laughs> I went off on a tangent here. Um, You're fine. No, no, sex is, sex is um, it's interesting, man. It's an interesting topic. It's, uh, I don't know if this has happened to you, but I know for me, like, I've come at a point where I'm not saying I understand sex like 100%. I think it's something mm-hmm. that for the rest of my life, I'm always going to discover new things about myself around sex. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just something like you realize, you, you look at it for what it is and you realize that it's not, it's not as serious <laughs> as we make it out to be. Like you let yeah. go of that obsession. I don't know if that, if that's happened to you. Like, cause I feel like when I, being sexually suppressed we're more likely to think about sex more because Mm -hmm. it's something that's forbidden but when you let go when you don't see it as forbidden anymore it just kind of it kind of loses that power over you and you're just like Mm -hmm. oh okay I don't know if that's happened to you yeah and I also think that that's a big part of why like sexual molestation happens sexual abuse happens why rape happens because because they're taught that like sex is bad I mean obviously like yeah like there is you know like with children like you know who can't consent like of course you know but I think when it's like two consenting adults you know like you know there's there's no shame there's nothing wrong with that but I think because there is you know, that repression and, mm-hmm. and, and then anger builds up. And then that's, you know, why, why a lot of men rape because rape is not about pleasure. Yeah. Rape, rape, rape is about power and control. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, so it's yeah. It's, like, it, it kind of seems like I'm like, I, I thought about that. Like this whole thing with rape and, and sexual molestation, like the me too movement, I think it's, um, I mean, it's powerful that we've had this conversation, like going into the mainstream about like sexual assault. However, I also think that like, I feel like my mindset is my responsibility. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but like the way my mindset around sex is my responsibility to making a difference in the world. Like I'm not going to go around and blame whoever molested me when I was a kid. I'm not going to go around and blame them and live in that, in that world of being a victim for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like I owe it to myself to evolve my mindset to not be a victim. Like I, and I get it. Like I'm, I've never been 
raped before, but I, I have family members, I have friends who have, and I can't imagine what that feels like. I, 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 like a total violation of privacy. And it's just, mm. I, I can't imagine. Um, but at the same time, it's like any, anything that we go through in life, like there has to be a point of power. Like no matter what, it's not like the saying goes, it's not what happens to us. It's how we deal with it. It's how we react to mm-hmm. it. So it's like, if I'm going to be a victim for having contracted herpes or having an abortion, like I'm going to be, if I'm going to be a victim, like how is that going to, how am I, how am I putting myself in a place of power? Like I, I'm not like I'm stuck yeah. there. And I was that, and I lived my life that way for so many years. And I, I got tired. I got tired of living there. So I decided that I wasn't going to, and that's when and I intentionally um, started to share my story. Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, when it comes to sex, like it's so easy for us to be victims when we go through things. And I get it. Like when you go through something traumatic, yes, I think there's a time to reflect and just be with that pain. However, like we can't just dwell on the pain and be there forever mm-hmm. and beat ourselves up over it, if that makes sense. Yeah, and you're absolutely right in the fact that your mindset is your responsibility. A hundred percent. And you did say that correctly. Because so many of us, you know, uh, are so used to like our negative mindset, the negative patterns, right? That it just becomes second nature to think negatively. Even when you're like in extreme stress and pressure, like your negative mindset takes over. Right. And like, what, what good could come out of a negative mindset? Nothing. Right. So like, if you don't, if you don't take control of your mind, your mind is going to take control of you. One of the most powerful things that my therapist said to me is because I'm over, like, I overanalyze everything. Like I am like, my mind just never shuts. It, It doesn't stop. Like it just does not stop. And before, like, I didn't understand, you know, that I'm in control of my mind, not the other way around. So she said to me, she said, think about your mind is just another organ. Mm. Like, that's, that's it. Like your heart, like your arms, like your legs, they don't control you. You control them. And I was like, damn. <laughs> that's deep that's that's simple but it's like it was so big for me at that moment and it was what I needed to hear and that was when I decided to take control of my mind right it's like in finding my purpose in in, in like setting and achieving goals and believing in myself in in not giving up I was able to change my mindset yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's like a daily thing for me. Like, like you said, it's like our negative mindset. It's like almost like default. That's where like yeah. my mind wants to go. And like growing up, um, I had, there's a lot of anxiety and depression that runs in my family. So I know that mentally I'm more prone to experience anxiety and depression in situations because that's how I grew up. Like my grandma, she's been on antidepressants for since she was in her 20s. My mom has severe depression and anxiety. So, and I was raised by my mom. So I know this, 
the anxiety and depression of their anxiety depression had a huge impact on me. Um, and I experienced it. I experienced it from time to time, but I always tell myself like, I, for me, it's, it's, it's a, it's a programming for me. It's like, it's the way that I've been conditioned. So for me, I believe that I can transform it. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's, that's my take on it. You know, I I think there, there are people that probably need medication. uh, Mm -hmm. But I don't take any medication, but I just, it's, it's more my mindset. It's just asking and questioning my thoughts. Like, is this true? Is this real? And that's the, that's like my medicine. That's the way that I cope with my anxiety and my, and how I deal, you know, mental health wise, especially with this whole coronavirus thing. And it's, it's, it's been challenging. It's been challenging. I'm sure it has been challenging for all of us. Um, But it's been very uh, trying to just cope with life. And it makes Mm -hmm. me realize like what, what really matters, like what, what really matters to me right now, what's, what's important in life. Because yeah. here we are, we think we rule the world and we're doing all these things. And then, boom, a virus can just come and wipe us out. And that's it. It's yeah. In the story. So it just really makes me question, like, what matters? Like, what really matters to me? Um, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to have that mindset, especially when you grow yeah. up in that. Uh, we have that upbringing of, of negativity, of verbal abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's maybe that's why I become so obsessed with trying to evolve myself because yeah. I grew up that way. And yeah, go for it. Yeah. And how, how are you able to change your mindset? What were some of the things that you did to change your mindset from growing up in a negative family and, and all the circumstances that you went through? Um, I know like, like when my, my boyfriend passed away when I was 17, I, <laughs> I, well, the way that I cope with that, I completely shut down because I had nobody that I could relate to. Um, Oh, kitty. (laughs) I had no one that I could, um, that could relate to me. So I, um, well, I, I, I shut down and I wrote, I wrote a lot. Like I've always been writing since I was a kid and I would just write, I would just write what I feel. I would write whatever thoughts came to my mind. I just write it out. And writing has really helped me cope I noticed mm-hmm. like through my toughest times is when I tend to write it's not mm-hmm. when things are going well when things are going well I'm less likely to write when things are going really fast, <laughs> I turn to writing because for me that's like my therapy yeah. it allows me to like get all these negative thoughts out of my head so definitely writing and reading like growing up I didn't have a lot of like positive role models female role models male role models in my life so I had to seek them out and thankfully, the internet allowed me to do that. So I would do research on you know, like spirituality, on death, uh, I, I, uh, philosophy. Like I was very into those topics, meditation, yoga. And I grew up in a Christian, with a Christian upbringing. And when my, my ex passed away, it really made me challenge what I've mm-hmm. been taught about death, about, um, yeah, really death and hell and heaven. So I... I just started, I, I lived in, I started questioning everything. Mm, I lived in a world yeah. where I was questioning and I use the internet a lot because I would, I would Google stuff. I read books on like Alan Watts, um, mm-hmm. he's a, a Zen philosopher, um, uh, Hind, on Hinduism, Buddhism, like different, just different books of different uh, Dalai Lama, 
different conversations. One of the most powerful books that I read um, that completely, it had a huge impact on my life was, um, what is it called? Self-compassion, The Practice of Self-Compassion <laughs> by Dr. Kristen Neff. I remember that was like six years ago. I remember reading that book and it allowed, it taught me about self-compassion. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I don't consider myself a religious or spiritual person. I just try to see things as facts, even though it's really hard to do. But I, yeah. that's the mm-hmm. point that I've come to. And I've learned about the concept of self-compassion. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know that I could have compassion for myself because I was so used to beating myself up all the time. So self-compassion really taught me to be okay with what I'm feeling. Like, mm-hmm. I don't ask for the feelings that I have. I don't ask for the emotions that I have. They just come up and it's okay to be with them. I don't need to run away from them. And that's yeah. where yeah. my journey started with self-compassion. And to this day, I mean, I, I practice it. And I, I don't, I mean, from time to time, these, these dialogues, negative dialogues come up, like with every, everybody else. But I am a lot more comfortable with myself and yeah. being alone and and I and I've done like programs like I, I've shared with you about doing landmark like I've done a lot of personal mm-hmm. development programs as well which has helped me and surrounded myself with people who are also on that path of personal development um that's what's really helped me and I mean I'm still doing it uh but I think most importantly is just learning to be okay with being uncomfortable and I think, yeah, yeah. I think we all have a drug. My drug was food. Food was <laughs> my way of coping with uncomfortable emotions. If I felt something uncomfortable, I, I would eat. I mean, yeah. I, to a certain extent, sometimes I still do. I've gotten, be- I've gotten a lot better though. Um, but yeah, eating was like my, my drug to make me feel better. And um, it's, it's interesting, like how my mind just like, it acts like it's going to be the end of <laughs> But like, is they're just thoughts. They're not going to kill me. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that you talk about, you know, having self-compassion and, you know, doing all the, the necessary work that needs to be done because, you know, a negative mindset is, is very toxic and it's very, um, you know, it, it, it's going to determine what kind of life you live. You know, so if, if you don't learn to change the conversations within yourself, if you don't learn to have self-compassion, if you're not, you know, doing work right. on your inner self, if you're not um, connecting with like-minded individuals, then your life is, is not going to change. So I love that you talk about all those things because all those things are also what contributed you know, to my, to my growth, to my change, um, you know, and I, I love, you know, what you do. I love the movement that you have. I love the conversations that you have because it's important to talk about these things, you know, and sex is a very um, touchy topic that especially in the religious world is like very taboo. Um, you know, so I love that you, that you found your calling and that you're using it to advocate you know, however that, that looks. And I love that you continue to challenge the norms, even if it's as simple as, you know, shaving your hair. 
maybe, maybe, maybe for others it's not as simple, but yeah, like, yeah. you know, find ways, you know, that, that you all could, could challenge the norms, find ways that you could use your voice, that you could be an advocate, right? Like advocacy doesn't have to be you going to these big rallies. Advocacy could be as small as, you know, when someone makes a joke, you speak up about it, right? Yeah. Like there's so many ways that you could be empowered and, and use your voice and challenge the norm. So B, I want to thank you so much uh, for joining us and sharing with thank us your you. story on your growth. Yeah. And, and yeah, the, thank you all for joining us. Um, and we just look forward to connecting with you all more and bringing you more resources and how you could continue living boldly. So until next time, continue being your own definition of bold. Okay, let me see how to stop recording. Now. Oh, there it goes. Stop. Do you want to stop recording if yes?